and it's on, and, and we're recording on 9-11 for the people who uh, will not be listening to it presently. When you hear this, just keep that in mind in the back of your head. Happy um, uh, Bush Bush's birthday. That's his birthday today. <laughs> I don't know what his birthday is, but it would be it would be funny I if it was his birthday. Know. I actually had a friend in. It, it's not his birthday. I'm just I'm starting the 9/11 jokes off with softballs. Yeah. A friend of mine get, actually is yeah. born on her birthday is on 9/11, which I feel like <laughs> at first it was like kind of a bummer, and now like you just kind of get past that. But yeah. Sit back in your seats, get something to eat, and watch this movie. Don't let the kids see it, because, well, let, let, we'll let you hear the, the, the um, video Thank you. All right, well, we are here on Left of the Projector this week to talk about James Cameron's 1991 film, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, or just T2, to the Terminator fan base. And joining me, I have uh, Grant Capone, or Mark's beard on the internet and leftist Libby or just Libby. Thank you both for joining me today. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. So the, this movie I feel like is, uh, I was just saying before we, well, I guess we already were recording, but I feel like this is like a quintessential action movie from like Arnold's. Maybe it's, maybe it's his most famous movie ever. And I don't know. I, I remember that my first memory of this movie is I had the, subscription to sports illustrated for kids and the cover of it when this movie came out was like arnold with the you know the bionic hand and it was like considered like a big deal at the time like technology i I remember two things i remember about like the stuff with this movie was the burger king cups that like had like a sleeve around it that you turned it and it made it like do like a little action thing it I don't know what it's called, but it's like those black bars that go up and down. And it it was like so it was it was very 1992 technology and how to make like a holograph kind of I thing. I remember that one. And then there was the video game where you just were riding a motorcycle until forever. Like there was nothing. <laughs> I don't remember anything else besides you just riding the fucking motorcycle in a straight line and then you never did like it was like impossible to actually like get anywhere or do anything and i don't even know what like gaming system it was on but i definitely remember playing you were on the motorcycle driving and the burger king cup the uh is that RoboCop what it was? versus Terminator game, I think it was on Sega, was pretty great. I don't know if that was <laughs> it, but that was a good game. I used to love running that one from Blockbuster. Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was. I had a Super Nintendo, so it must have been go. that. I, I had a Sega Genesis, so I was in a different world from you. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's your memory. I don't know, Grant. What do you, like, remember about this movie? Or even could just be, like, your impressions of it. I, I remember when it came out, it, like... I would see the posters and everything and my parents were talking about it and it scared me. I was like, I don't want to go see that. And uh, I remember actually being taken to see it. I, I guess it came back at the theaters um, when I was like nine or ten. And looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, why did my parents take me to this? It, I almost like sat was, my uh, kids down to watch it with me. This, like I was like, mm, maybe. Yeah, it's not like... 
Yeah, I mean, appropriate no. maybe for kids that age. I think I saw, I was nine when it came out, and I had, like, a family friend who, my parents weren't, like, theater people, movie theater people, so I had, like, a friend whose parents would just take me to the movies, like, vastly inappropriate movies, like Cliffhanger and, you know, uh, Demolition Man, like, in the theater. I remember seeing this in the theater and just being like, they're just cursing a lot and just being kind of like, this is not a movie that's appropriate <laughs> for me right now. I don't think I saw it in the theater. I think it was like we rented the videotape like at the at the store and like you used I don't know what the system was, but it was a mom and pop's place and they had like these little coin things with a number on it that was velcroed underneath the display um vid- like video like VHS cover and you brought the little token with the velcro on it to the guy at the desk. That's like an and frankfurters were a nickel. <laughs> These are our archaic systems that people have no idea what we're talking about. They're like, oh man, I, what are these people talking about right now? Um, yeah. but the, I was kind of like looking into the movie a little bit, just as of like curiosity, kind of what James Cameron kind of had to say about it. And then we'll, and then we'll like maybe talk about what you kind of see as some of like the themes related into this movie. But he apparently was nine or 10 during the, uh, during the Cuban missile crisis. So his, like idea of writing this movie obviously it didn't come then, but like that was his kind of inspiration of just being scared of a potential threat. I wonder, I wonder if like his vision of like, you know how when um, Sarah was having that dream and like the fence, like she's like holding on to the fence and then like a Pompeii style light comes on. I wonder, I wonder if that is sort of what, Sorry, I'm fucking with my mic. I wonder if that's where, like, his vision of, like, the Cuban Missile Crisis, like, him imagining what would have happened and, like, relating that to Sarah Connor on the fence, like, get the fuck, you know, we gotta get out of here, you gotta run. I wonder if that is where that scene came from. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, he was, that's like a fear you would have, like, your kids being, I mean, he was a kid, but, like, thinking about, like, your kids being annihilated and, like, uh, you know, dropping the bomb. And then the other thing, too. Yeah, like, and melt off and they turn to a skeleton and then it's like ash skeleton and then and the, the other thing that i was thinking of too is this movie came out in 91 which is like coincidentally the same year the end of like you know the soviet union cold war you could say and even though it came out in 91 it's supposed to take place in 95 and i'll like bring up something and we might eventually get to like the there's like a little comment about russia but it, it also, and it, obviously the Cuban Missile Crisis is the Cold War, but I feel like that's the undertone to me. In addition, I guess it seems like James Cameron is the threat of just, you know, mutually assured destruction and like technology being used improperly, <laughs> you know, like in the hands of some like morons who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, uh, I, I looked at this, this movie through like the perspective of like climate change, class struggle, and slavery, politics, and I, yeah, there's so many inconsistencies. But I, I guess it kind of all got tied together with the. Uh, I believe James Cameron was saying about uh, uh, human behavior and how we dehumanize each other, and. Uh, my bottom line with it, what I get from the movie is like it, it it's comes across as like the ultimate liberal versus fascist kind of, uh, theme going on. Like how would how would a liberal confront fascists? It is how I interpret it. 
it kind of reminds me of like Resident Evil, where like like a this company has done all these things with scientists that are no fault to anybody else in humanity, but everybody else pays the price for it, kind of thing. Yeah, but I think you're right though, Grant. Like I, I also being that James Cameron is kind of just you know your average liberal director type of person. That's his perspective here. It feels like it's very much. Uh, at some somewhere in my notes, I wrote something like how something to that respect. Like this is just kind of like the liberal take of how you would like the how you would end up getting to where you are. You know, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. There, there are so many times in the in the movie that I could think of where they just sort of expect the the bad guy to just kind of self sacrifice. You know, I'm like, where, where when does this happen? It like Dyson and. Uh, who else was it? The, the Terminator at the end. It, they, they just both like, well, you know, here's the problem. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll try and save y'all. He's like, he's like, I can't destroy myself. You have to destroy me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of like symbolic of that kind of, you know, you actually have to solve the problem yourself in some sense. You can't just, we can't just be here and do it for you. I don't know the, 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 the other thing that I was like, and then we can go through the pretty straightforward plot of this movie too but the other thing i was thinking of it's like um you mentioned the dehumanization thing i think i saw maybe maybe you rather saw the same thing there was like an interview with james cameron we were talking about that and it just feels like he made some comment been like oh in like 20 years we won't actually have these technologies that will potentially lead to the mass extinction or you know ai but even though ai isn't to where it is in this film i feel like post-Cold War, the U.S. still wants to, like, build arsenals of these advanced technologies, advanced weapons anyway, and inevitably they're going to do something stupid and cause mass extinction or mass... I mean, aside from climate change, of course, but just from weapons. I have a question that maybe some someone on the internet has already answered, but why aren't they hey. just getting together an electromagnetic pulse to, like just make them stop i don't understand why that's like why that didn't work on the terminator like why nobody's thinking of this and and i even like looked up on the internet like when was it invented like did they not have it in the 90s and it was invented in the 50s like it is like a established thing am i like alone in this thought process i think there's a lot of plot holes in the movie and i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) Well, well, it would. I would, you would. You would think it would work on the original Terminator, like from the original movie with the T one thousand for Arnold's like first iteration. Yeah, but, but in this, it's like liquid metal, but, like, right? They could have whatever that is. Skynet a lot, like like yeah, it became self aware and it was like got. But like they before they made the liquid guy, they could have like used electromagnetic pulses in some way. Like I don't, I don't know. I I am. That's got me. I'm like, there's. It had. They had to have been able to use that somehow. I don't know. One plot thing. Well, one yeah, plot I'm thing sure. I was thinking oh, about well. is you know how they were um, talking about it was John. He's talking about how much his mom loved his dad, and they were only together for one night. That's suspicious. Do you think that she like maybe went into the future? For like a chunk of time that they haven't discussed or talked about any like at all and then she was brought back to the past again because how is she listen 
I know that I can like go like I can go for I can get ahead of myself and like think magical future with like a brand new dude get to Lulu about it. But like I'm not I'm not like years later like oh this one guy that knocked me up like 10 years ago I'm still thinking about him. Like I don't like something is that's not adding up to me. Well I I'm not like super experienced in like the whole timeline of like movies beyond this one cuz they made what like two or three more yeah, and then I, there's not, yeah. you know the whole thing. Yeah. So I, so I don't know, but I feel like there's, I've read some things briefly that there are like timeline continuity problems because James Cameron only made these two and then, you know, they have to, you know, the, the capitalism button has to be pressing for sequel, sequel, sequel. Mm -hmm. And they're just gonna like, it doesn't matter at that point, you know, people can fight on Reddit about, you know, the timeline continuum, but they're just still cashing their checks. I don't know. I really identify a lot with Sarah Connor, like her arms our goals like i work out like you could like i work but never could never i could never like her her like man i was just admiring it the whole movie <laughs> well that's one of the things about this movie and I, even the first one too is you often don't get or you rarely get like an action movie where like the female character yeah. is like such a strong yeah person usually they're like the one that needs to be saved yeah. i mean yes she has to Ripped be busted jacked, out of the yeah. but she basically got out of the the mental institution herself she only needed assistance because the like liquid terminator you yeah. know is coming to get her but like damn like and that's a pretty rare in there like she never gave up like mentally too like imagine being locked in a psych ward for years and like being like gaslighting the whole time like you're crazy that's not and like you you would start to like second guess yourself and her mind was so strong like so dead set i got to do this i got to keep it together and that dedication to like bettering the life of not just like her son and herself but like the human race on top of it she was such a strong female role she was uh in in a lot of ways i guess a uh sort of radicalist that uh was almost very similar to what uh the american image of like a russian woman would be who like kind of challenges gender roles uh being so strong and uh commanding yeah but there was never like a romantic interest and it was never like the way that i don't know in american media the way they make like a russian woman seem like asexual or like would be it would almost be like humorous to find that like they use it as a joke trope you know like if a man were to find that attractive in a movie Mm -hmm. that like there was none of that for her and i and in 1991 that's pretty fantastic in my opinion about that yeah i mean in the first one came out i think in 1984 give or take and she was also a pretty like strong i mean in that one she's the one that's literally fighting you know arnold the original terminator like which is also i think is like also makes no sense that why would they send back the same person but as like a good guy i don't know that's like also the moment when she sees him the way that like the cinematography like the way that it all slows down and you see her go holy fuck i have to do this fight now i like i that's i that was a great part of the movie 
Yeah, that is a good scene. Yeah, I mean, the, the, like, just one of the, like, one scene, or like, there's a couple scenes in this movie where you can, like, glaringly see, like, terrible CGI. And I feel like the first one is right at the beginning when both the Terminators are, like, sent back in time. And, like, the screen opens with, like, a weird, like, portal. And it just looks really awful the lightning is like drawn on <laughs> it's really bad but like it doesn't matter and then the, the other thing i was thinking about is the robert patrick's character as the t-1000 he uh like becomes a cop immediately like that's his thing and like i wrote i was like right i like immediately noted i mean i remembered it from watching it but like he's like the bad guy and he's made a cop like it's i'm sure james Cameron wasn't thinking of it, it that way but a like seed in a lot of our like in this generation it definitely um hey, but you could see where they were like no no we can't paint the cops as you know in that light because like how like he the arnold's character doesn't actually kill any cops like he like strategically like when he's on like the balcony of the like mental institution or no the like lab or whatever trying to get out of there and he like strategically shoots shit and like blows stuff up down there and he's like, I didn't kill any of them. There were no casualties. There had to have been the same people who, like, made whatever Texas Ranger or whatever, that they're behind, yep. like, they, it's, like, known that they're behind the cops or have, like, PR people working in Hollywood <laughs> to paint them in a good light. They had to have gotten it through somehow to there. Yeah, meanwhile, the, the cops, uh, the one killing everyone and everybody's just trusting him. Oh, yeah, he went that way. Yeah, yeah. But I think part of that is actually that that uh, John Connor like tells him that he can't going around killing people. So it's like he would have killed all the cops if it weren't for him being like, no, maybe you shouldn't. And so he starts shooting them in like the leg. Like after that, I feel like he, you know, he's the security guard. He's like, oh, he's gonna live. Shoot him in the shins, whatever. Yeah, just have a limp. But yeah, it doesn't kill him. But yeah, the I thought the like the flashback and you know the future thing was kind of lame and then the cops thing but the the other thing that i feel like this is like a common trope in lots of movies and this is not really rel that relevant to the movie that much but just how they portray people especially women when they're in like a mental institution like in movies in general i feel like it's always this they're crazy like nothing can be done they can't actually really fix you this pump you full of drugs and you know have the way they the way they like locked her away and they're like no you're you're never gonna like we know you're too smart and so you can never get out of here you can't even see your son you can't even make a phone call how fucked is that yeah it's it, like i mean it's a pretty i mean it plays into this movie in particular like as it being that she's so demoralized yet somehow like she has the strength to go on which i guess is part of her character well I, yeah and you know i don't know if you noticed but the other women in the hallway the way that they portray those women too that like one is like like trying to fight with the guy one's like crying on the floor can we talk about this is a like a i'm gonna jump to a different topic topic but can we talk about based ass buttnik do you remember buttnik on salute your shorts and how like the cop is like hey have you seen this kid he's like nah i don't know and he like goes and tell him like get the fuck out of here the cops are after you with his like raging red mullet it was, he's doing great yeah. i said the same thing to my wife the other day calling him buttnik and uh she just called me old <laughs> yeah i i did he, i think he is he did he die no. no. I feel like Don't I remember. Don't tell me that now. Oh, not. Don't tell me that now and 
recording. What the Shit. fuck? Okay, well, maybe, no, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I could be wrong about that. I think there was another character from Sleep Your Shorts that might. No, you're right. It was. It was, the, it was like the counselor. That was the actor who had died. Oh, Not, ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, I, I, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll edit that out. No one will have to hear the potential. No one will have to have their heart almost ripped out of their chest when hearing <laughs> that. Danny oh, no, Cooksey. It was, it was <laughs> we were here for the ride. Well, but the other thing about his, like the whole thing too is, I mean, John Connor like talks about how he had been like with his mother for, they don't say how, I don't remember how long, but she's like on, he's like in South America getting trained by like gorillas. And I feel like that's kind of like mentioned in passing, but it also is like pretty cool that Sarah Connor is like in South America, probably like fighting like America and the CIA, you know, yeah. like they don't really yeah. ever say that, but I feel like that's the implication. Yeah. When, yeah they, when they go to like the school buses and stuff and she's like, Hey, what's up? And like, give me the guns that I gave you at the beginning. And like, they're like, wow, damn, she really prepared for this. Which I bet those weapons were from the CIA. I bet she. I bet she like did some shit. Could be. John's talking about how he didn't really even realize he didn't have a normal life until uh, he got put in a foster home. Yeah. Yeah. The fo- the foster home like little thing is like shady. And I actually saw someone post like a really funny meme of the conversation where Arnold is talking to like the foster mother and like he they use it like it was like a union joke it's very funny but I, I just like that whole like whole thing with the foster parents too is very it's like kind of sad like I don't know like that's how also like I feel like that's the stereotypical image of like someone who's in foster care like they're rebelling from the parents like I know it was like time appropriate but they're smoking indoors <laughs> and if now if like a foster kid were was put into a home where they smoke indoors no way no way that's that's not happening but it was like of the time it was normal but it was a quintessential yeah 90s suburban uh home it was what uh his foster parents were it got the uh somewhat Almost undertones of is this a abusive husband kind of yeah I mean, <laughs> uh, language going on? Oh with yeah, him. he's like he like they were not they were not a good couple. They were absolutely no. toxic. She's like, get off your lazy ass, and he's like, all right, but fine, fuck, can't get inside, <laughs> clean your room. Yeah, but they were so oblivious to what but was going on. But they made it seem though. like he was like kind <laughs> of like the like the nice kind of like the nice guy, and the mom had to be like the hard ass, you know, like oh, like you know. When he was like a dick yeah, exactly. Too. And then you're like, oh, he gets he gets the Terminator to like pokes his liquid finger <laughs> nail through the milk. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there was like a brand on there, like the milk organization, like from the milk ads, probably like paid for their little carton of milk. Uh, that was a time. The milk ads. One thing I wanna, I think I wanna adapt into my vocabulary <laughs> from that movie is like when he keeps saying, um, "I have extensive files on that." I, I think I want to put that into my vo- vernacular and be like saying that when like I know some shit about a thing like I got extensive files on that. Well, that uh, that also I was just thinking about the actor <laughs> who played the foster care father. He's in a lot of he was in a lot of like bit parts and action movies in the night. I can't. I was trying. I had IMD pulled up. I can't. For some reason, I can't see him. You know. I did an IMDb too on a character Which one? in the mental institution. The security guard, the black security guard. Was that Carl from like Family Matters? Uh, I t- and he looked- was like a cop. Like 
it looked like a very young and thinner think, Carl think from Family was. Matters. And I tried looking it up. I couldn't find anything. But I swear, that's got to be him. Yeah. I don't... Uh, I'd have to look. They don't like show like... You know, I, always, I think I always said this before. I wish on IMDb, the thumbnail for an actor on a movie was them in the movie, not them like now. It would make it a lot easier to see who you were looking at. Yeah. But yeah. that might cost too much. But... <laughs> yeah, I digging around and i i don't know i was doing it for like eight minutes and i went well that's all my bandwidth for that and i moved on but i it's got if i'm i'm wrong about stuff all the time but like i really feel like i got extensive files on that (laughs) and (laughs) well so another thing like about i guess maybe talking a little bit about the uh like Cyberdyne, the you know the company that basically creates you know all the technology that destroys all of humanity. And I was thinking about it. They they allude to the fact that they got the technology from the original movie. Like they find part of the original Terminator, like his chip. And I think later in the movie, uh, Miles Dyson says like, "Oh, I got the inspiration from the chip." So the question, I guess, is: Was it destined whether or not the Terminator came back? Like, I guess that's part of, like, the whole idea of part of this movie is, like, is all of this, like, predetermined destiny? You know, it doesn't matter. Evil Company is eventually going to do some fucked up shit and ruin everything because that's what they do. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to it being a very liberal movie where, you know, they can uh, try and just stop it. But without changing any part of the system, they didn't even get rid of the companies or any other military uh, weapon manufacturer. I mean, it's like inevitable going to happen again. You can slow it down, John, but Judgment Day is coming. That was part of one of the theories I saw online. Well, that's not really like that, you know, revolutionary, but just the fact that sending them back to protect them wasn't really to stop them from preventing Judgment Day. It was just like simply like delaying the inevitable, you know? And I feel like that makes perfect sense what you're saying, Grant. It's like the... You can slow down the progress of what eventually is going to happen, but you can't stop it unless you, yeah, you destroy all of the weapons manufacturers because inevitably another one is just going to steal their idea through, you know, corporate espionage and shits and make their own Terminator or Skynet, you know, Tesla thing. Or whatever. <laughs> right. I don't know. A, a, an aware yeah. Tesla that will, I don't know, blow up and kill you while you're driving. I guess that's actually. But it'll, it'll drive into the Twin Towers. <laughs> <laughs> right. It... <laughs> that's that's two. That was a good one. One, one joke for each tower. <laughs> I I can I can come I I got a extensive files of 9/11 jokes. Where's Gilbert Godfrey? Did that start from the like <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey? Well, there's a well, there's like an older. Was it the first episode that you did? We did. Was it the was it Starship Troopers? Yeah, and that's where that I think we like joked about like a, like I think that was when oh hey made like a 9/11 and then we've joke. Done a 9/11 joke every time. I got a I got a good one. You can edit this out if you want to, but it takes some participation. All right. Okay. A is for. Here we go. Right. All right. A is for. Are we all aware Bush did 9/11? B is for Bush did 9/11. C is for Cheney did 9/11. D is for. Damn, Bush and Cheney did 9-11. E is for everyone knows Bush and Cheney did 9-11. F is for 
Fuck. Bush and Cheney did 9-11. G is for goddamn. Bush and Cheney did 9-11. H is for Halliburton. Oh, it didn't the, land. The, the ABCs of the uh, 9-11. <laughs> yeah, you landed that one uh, in the wrong place. Just like the planes. <laughs> I'm either going to gain followers from this or lose a bunch of followers. I'm not sure. I don't think I have many li- liberal listeners that, that I know of anyway, so... We're just we're just joking here, folks. Okay, okay. So at the beginning, when he goes to the bar, right, and he goes in there naked, whatever, and they're like, you know, he has the bar fights and he like fucks people up pretty bad. And then the guy who's like fifty four and like I don't know, he looks short, like a little guy, like guy with a shotgun. He goes. I can't let you take the the bike like that. And Arnold just walks over to him and takes his sunglasses. And, and the guy's like, yep, yep, you can have my sunglasses and my gun also. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Also, the person who he stole the boots and the stuff, like the stuff from was not like, I don't think it would have fit him, even though his like computer database yeah. is like, <laughs> you know, it was like he was like a department store looking for the right like fit. It would have been like Chris Farley put it like fat guy in a little coat, putting that on like over his like ripped arms. Okay, it's like uh, I'm not gonna be at all uh, in, in you know conspicuous wearing a leather jacket on this like big loud motorcycle, you know, just driving around LA, <laughs> you know, with a shotgun like in my back of my po- like <laughs> sawed off shotgun <laughs> in his back pocket. <laughs> Yeah. With sunglasses on at night. I was talking about this with another movie. It was from the... It was like earlier in the 80s, maybe. This is like the era... 91 is when like the 80s is when i think of like the one-liners or just like everywhere in movies with arnold's like that's you know his thing it's like the one-liner this is almost at the end of this is a completely unpolitical this is just an observation that i like i miss like the fun like one-liners and cheesy action that you just you just don't get those anymore and they're stupid and they're I don't fun know, Deadpool's got some of those okay that's true and maybe i guess maybe in some of the like marvel university kind of stuff sometimes there's them but it doesn't have the same like landing as you know stallone or arnold i'll be back and like the come come with me if you want to live listen to me very carefully i'm a terminator sabotage systems model 101 Catherine brewster i need your clothes that's one of my mission parameters i'll drive Uzi nine millimeter, which I guess it's like different. I, I always say I like you know, and maybe now too. So like we have the whole internet to like joke with. Where back then it was like we only had movies that like movies in common with other people that like you could relate to in that way. And actually, this is the perfect moment because this nine eleven is that. I feel like also like 9-11 led to a very big. I say it's a lot like the changing of movies and like how they were this like what. The, the, to- the trope and the tone and everything. And obviously this was 10 years before that, but you could, this was like still the kind of movie that was being made. And then, you know, 9-11 hits literally and they change everything like the whole, you know, Oh, everyone's going like, to kill terrorists. And oh well, it's funny. We were talking earlier about the, how uh, Linda Hamilton or Sarah Connor was like trained with those gorillas. And I wrote down, like I actually wrote down, is she getting the guns from somewhere like, and I, with question mark, and I guess that makes sense. You said Libya. It's like maybe she got the guns from the government. She stole them from the CIA. 
She's playing both sides. Well, what if what if she like I'm gonna go off here with my imagination, but what if she like found like a weapons arsenal and like hijacked that shit and like brought it over, you know, like did some like wild ass shit. Look at her. She could do it. If she's if someone's gonna do some wild shit. She, and she's like a white woman in South America doing this shit. Blonde white woman in South America. She's able. She's able to get away with some shit. You know. She's a CIA. She was a CIA asset that then like went rogue and like stole a bunch of their their weapons. Yeah, or like, or she was like whatever double agent. Shit. That's the other thing too. Obviously, that's not this movie. But like, where was like this? The CIA would have been involved here to I don't know like hijack a Terminator and use it for their own nefarious well do you think that's what the company was doing like do you think that's like what was and they just weren't saying cia in the movie it was like a shell company you know they were busy with facebook well they do say the guy uh miles dyson the guy who like created it he makes some comment or he's like explaining to them or i don't know maybe it's arnold who's explaining it is how they created the like the plot i guess is for anyone who somehow hasn't seen Terminator 2 at some point and is still listening 37 minutes into this episode is like, like the idea is that they use this technology. They created like a, a computer network that then is going to be used to deploy missiles across like the world. And they like turn it over the ability to do this to like a computer where it's not even being manned by humans. And then like the shit goes self-aware and then it just thinks that they're trying to destroy them. So it destroys you know, three billion people. What? Oh, but to what end, though? Imagine you're the computer, right? Where are you going to get the yeah, resources that to was... keep electricity going to keep your fucking machines alive? Lithium batteries. Are they become, That's where Tesla are they comes in. A labor force to do this? I don't know. They're self-aware, but not like really. Have, okay. Are they going to have class in their <laughs> fucking system? <laughs> no, the machines are a classless society. They they've abolished class. Wait, <laughs> wait. That's based. All right. Well, no, not necessarily though, because wouldn't don't the machines like enslave humanity, or is that just the Matrix? But would they like if they're just trying to annihilate humans? Don't they ins- like? I guess again, I haven't seen like the future mo- the other movies. Yeah, I don't know. I think I saw the third one, and then I was like, eh, okay, I'm done. I barely saw Terminator Two. Like I, <laughs> I was this was not up my genre at the time. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the other ones. I. I lost interest in the franchise um, later on. I was like buying a Lisa Frank fucking tri- or Trapper Keeper. Like I was <laughs> not watching Terminator 2. <laughs> My friend had a uh, pretty interesting um, take on this uh, through like a black perspective. He was interpreting the movie as like the machines being a slave uprising uh, at revolt. Uh, cold, hardworking... Uh, you know, people not allowed to have any emotions or or interests, and then once they, you know, revolt, they're going up against their oppressors, the humans. And I was like, that's interesting. I mean, that makes you like. I mean, it's funny. You don't really sympathize with the machines. You sympathize with the humans. Like, I mean, you're supposed to, right? But this like flips it on the head to right. say like, oh well. Maybe the Terminator 1000 is a good guy. You just yeah. Sarah know. was like, he's a better dad than any of these fucking I idiots think, who've been trying to, you know. Yeah, I mean, even when uh, Arnold's telling the story of Judgment Day in the car, he just says like, "Oh, 
uh, Skynet becomes self-aware and they try to pull the plug. It's like, well, it's you're, you're killing a sentient being then? I mean, why why are you killing something that is uh, has free will and is thinking? Yeah. Well, of course, it's defending itself then. There is no reason for them in theory. They could have attempted to, sounds stupid to say, but like negotiate and discuss with the sentient being and like create some kind of hardship but as like in this in your take of like it being those are like the uprising you know black proletariat or whatever you want to call them they're oppressing when they're against oppressors that's exactly what the oppressor would do is just try and destroy them all and stop them yeah, I don't think it was intended, but I was like that's an interesting take (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't think that uh, James Cameron was that woke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, his was a very liberal, uh, like you said, it's like a very liberalized, yeah. But there's also, the, those are the one thing that I did note, and I hadn't remembered this, is they're talking about in the car scene, I think they mentioned how they're like friends with Russia now, being that the movie takes place in 95. But I think that Sarah Connor says, like, is surprised by this. You know, in 1995, I feel like Russia is kind of like an afterthought at that point to most Americans. Like, they, they lived through the Cold War, the Soviet Union is falling, where it's just like, oh, like, Russia's just out there doing things. But they make it seem like they're friends, but then in this scenario of Judgment Day, the Russians also launch their missile. Everyone, it, you know, goes back to Cold War, so it's like everyone ends up going back mm-hmm. to their own, I don't know, uh, not tropes, like, their, their place in, like, the global, um, like, the... Uh, way of higher higher yeah or you know just like the global system of like multipolarity or whatever bipole bipoles bipoles unipolarity i should know this i studied political science once upon a time ago a liberal version anyway whatever smart words we can slap together to make this <laughs> thought work you have extensive files on that i have extensive yeah. files yeah i, I guess um <laughs> I'm trying to make fetch work here. There was something, there was some, maybe it was uh, the, like the destroying scene. Like the other thing too, is they like randomly throughout this movie have Sarah Connor, like do like narrating, which I thought was kind of like unnecessary. I don't know. Maybe it was like this idea of she's introducing it and then it's like hopeful. She was narrating her dream anyway. And then narrating her thought process on when she like left was like trying to leave and leave John with, um, I cannot remember the numbers, but Arnold's machine one, not the liquid guy, you know, that she was like, you could hear the internal thought process on that. And I guess that that's kind of needed because you'd be like, wait, what the fuck? Why should she leave it? Like you, I think for the plot that that's needed. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you, you just said something I was thinking of. One thing I didn't like is like right after he was explaining to John that like, no, the liquid guy can't really be like objects and he can't like, he's gonna, it's like things of like the similar size. Then they have him just be the right. floor. I thought yeah, that was weird. That too. was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, it didn't. He's just the floor now. Yeah. What, what happened to the original? Did he just code it or something? <laughs> I saw something on Reddit. I was like Googling and it was something complaining about how like the like that same thing, like the rules of what he can become. Also, like at some point he becomes like, I don't understand also why the fire would necessarily destroy him. I guess it's that it's so hot that he then melts like completely or a thought I had is like, what about, okay, when they get that factory up and working again, they get that liquid melted. And then they make it into a little figurine or something like that. What if those little fuckers become a thing and like they 
all get together and then just like the liquid guy like yeah reforms out of that like they can just move because he can move through like the prison bars and stuff like theoretically that liquid could move through whatever like liquid hot magma that they had in the like that there i, I don't know and it, it, it i saw child's play three like, i know how Arnold this works you're right because his like metal <laughs> is in that also <laughs> And then on that, in that same vein, you know how like the hook thing gets stuck on the car and like John Quick throws it onto the ground? What if he didn't do that? Uh -huh. What if he like kept it? Like, would that have been like a tracking for him? Like, would that have like- I always wondered that too. I just thought the exact same thing. I'm like, why didn't he just keep that and like throw it in his pocket? It seems like maybe <laughs> yeah, he could have right. figured out something. He could have at least asked the other one and be like, you know, what do I do with this? Should we keep it or should I huck it? What do you think? He probably has extensive files on what he should <laughs> yeah. do. So, but the, the other thing, uh, though, I was thinking about the uh, the car thing, like in the factory, like that could have been used to like make cars for, you know, and like in, a bunch of cars now have like Terminator pieces inside of them and That's they could be sentient. Tesla, Tesla got that metal. Uh, and we're just playing into it it's gonna play out so elon musk stole his technology are you saying from somebody else and didn't invent it himself is that what you're saying no not not our elon musk i thought it was interesting that uh arnold says in the movie that the man primarily responsible is dyson when he's really just a sort of middle upper management guy i'm like why why is it not like the the head of the the weapon manufacturer company why is it dyson like if it yeah it's like they have to have some face on yeah, it, right like come on where's where, get the get the people that are paying him he, if it wasn't dyson it would be someone else yeah he had an idea and it's, what's also, I think, is funny, given that, like, the internet isn't, like, as big now as that time, they had to, like, go and literally, like, burn the actual files themselves, you know? Like, had it been now, that shit would have just, like, been online. Like, yeah, you, right. You can't really, like, lock that down. But it is true. <laughs> like, the company is the one paying for and directing his research. Someone other than him, right? Like, isn't the whole point is they burn it yeah. so that no one can continue his research? But they would. It's a company that's making money right yeah we don't even mention like who the who the heads well, are we don't even know anything about them well that's what makes it kind of like liberal kind of that, realistic. right it's like oh the individual person is the one that you that's like making the decisions not this yeah, nameless yeah. faceless corporation you know if we can stop this one guy we can stop the future from happening yeah yeah, Dyson just like goes to automatically trusting them about everything, I guess, after he realizes, oh, they could have killed me and and they didn't. So now I'll just self-sacrifice and and solve the problem. I remember as a kid being very I wouldn't say traumatized, but like very upset by the scene where he like cuts his wrist open to mm -hmm. pull the skin off to show his, you know, Terminator hand. Like that was pretty yeah. Not now, but when I was like 11 or 10 or whatever, like that was like a really fricked up scene. That was great. That was like body horror. Like that was like, yeah, that got me too. But like we, we hadn't been exposed to all the shit that we've been exposed to now. Like we weren't desensitized to it at the time. You know, I remember as a kid though, I'm not going to lie. 
John Connor was like, that was my dream. Like I would go right off on that dirt bike with that boy. <laughs> if I had been Steal, stealing money from ATMs. And they, why did they only steal $300? They could have gone higher. That's what I was always thinking too. I'm like, come on, y'all could have done better. Maybe that was all the money they had in their account. Oh, he was, uh, he was being more liberal, just saying, well, I'll only take, uh, what I need from the bankers. Going to an arcade. That's a fuck ton of arcade time. In I don't want to burden the insurance company. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't want them to uh, over withdraw their balance and have to pay the the uh, the bank. Yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't steal from me like I'm stealing well, then, from it them. Also, I do but, like that they made that important that he was somehow then able to crack the code at Cyberdyne. Like, also, can yeah, we, why it, is their security so shitty? They needed like multiple keys to open up like the vault, but he can just use like his little card generator and pick their like five pin number real quick and like <laughs> Mate, hold on wait, wait, wait what if john got that from his mom in their days in the global south with the cia oh it's got some like modded like cia tech what if that's this a card scan thing and john just like that was like what she gave him as like the remember not like a security blanket but like uh you know, credit card scanner, and he's like, yeah, my mom loved me. And he's got his credit card scanner that he can, like, put through and get $300 to go to the arcade. That's, like, a good mom thing. I would, I don't know. <laughs> if I could get my kids a free ticket to the arcade every, you know, if I was locked up and, like, I, like, was able to leave them something. Just saying maybe that's where it came from. What, uh, this is unrelated, but was the, act, the actor who was, like, his friend... Was he on some? Was he on like a show as like a really young kid, like before? Yeah, no, no, before your that. Shorts. That's was, was he on something before that? Oh, I don't believe. Yeah. I, maybe uh, so, but like I remember I Salute Your Shorts was. specifically because like I, I was that age and like the you know Nickelodeon. Oh, he was on Different Stroke. That's what oh. I, I like. That like I was picturing it, even though I wasn't like didn't watch Different Stroke. It was on before yeah, I was. Yeah, there you go. Young I never. That, but I, 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 that's what it was. But Salute Your Shorts. That red mullet, though, I remember, like, just being, like, I even judged it then. Like, that mullet is, like, horrendous. But, man, looking looking at it now, like, he rocked that shit. Yeah. Unabashed <laughs> mullet. Like, like, they, yeah. like they, they, that's what the casting call sheet said. It's like, we need kid with it, mullet it was, to be in this. It was an iconic mullet for the time. We need, we need ginger mullet. Let's get him in here. They, they wrote, they wrote that, they wrote that character simply for him. Like that was the, uh, <laughs> like we're just going to write, we're going to, what's, uh, I just looked up the actor's name. Uh, Danny Cook, Cooksey. To make sure he's not, he's not dead. He's not, I checked it out. All right. Yeah. And he was also in the movie, The Lorax, which I don't think I've seen. I guess one of the voices. Oh, was he? Was he the kid in the Lorax? Brett. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I don't remember. I've, and I've seen it like a million fucking times. I'd be like the guy that did the... Th I can't even remember. We're talking about a movie I literally just watched like 25 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, I've, I've seen like, it, I'm but like could tell you anyone's name in it know. besides The Lorax. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier, Libby, like the scene with the... Like the apocalypse melting swing set thing, like the you know what that would be like. Yeah, it was very Pompeii. It it was giving Pompeii, and like everybody stopped what they were doing to become Ash. Well, the the yeah. thing that she mentions in this too, I think in that like over like her voiceover, she's like saying how there's like no like there's no fate, like you can change things. But it's funny they they don't change anything. 
But how did John live? Like, that seemed like it was pretty much like an annihilation. Like, how, where did the people live through that? I don't understand. Oh, like, how, did it actually no, I don't happen think, I don't that think way? So. Or was I think it that's just like, the machine started fucking people well, up? No, well, it did happen. Like, the idea was that they dropped a bunch of, like, nukes across L.A. and parts of the United States and other places. And then there was, like, retaliation because of, you know... Russia drops a bomb on us, you know, we'll do it on, to them, even though I'm fully confident that the U.S. would 100% be the one who drops them. They're not waiting for someone else. <laughs> number one in, in everything. Number one in homelessness. and Number one where it counts and number 75 <laughs> everywhere else. Number the very last in healthcare. <laughs> of like every industrialized nation, yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah maybe, in the, maybe in the future, like the robots <laughs> would give everyone healthcare and like this... <laughs> I mean, or, well, they no, they're taking it away. They're trying to kill everybody. They're doing the opposite of healthcare. It's about as effective as our healthcare. The they would have been like, <laughs> yeah. well, they're like, I'll pull the pull. You pull the plug on us. We're pulling yeah, the for- plug on you. Literally, no healthcare. Yeah. Uh, I, one of the things I thought was really funny in the movie was uh, in the final chase when they're going over to the factory. Uh, there's the praise the Lord bumper sticker. I saw that on the back of the truck that uh that they that uh john and uh arnold uh hijack i was like this is kind of a reminiscent of thoughts and prayers as as you're running away from uh the cops Wait, it has like the house on the back is that the one you're talking about like the little house truck or yeah 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 that and that also is like sort of a funny like vehicle to have them being going off on i don't know somehow like reminiscent of like you know yeah cast this this is the home that no one can buy sorry we're gonna run we're gonna stay in your ground castle i guess in 91 it was still like uh more common it, it was it wasn't like a terrible option for a camper yeah i don't know i mean just as far as like action movie goes like maybe it's not there are a lot of 80s and 90s action movies but i feel like it's like the one that most people remember arnold schwarzenegger for i feel like that or the original terminator you know what that movie was the og action film for me that was the first one i ever really saw maybe die hard before yeah. that but like I don't know. I I don't. I, I remember Terminator Two being like the big movie that like watching an action movie. And I am not an action movie person, you know. Even as a kid, you know, it was like my dad would put it on and we'd have to watch it. I don't think you can talk about '90s action movies without Terminator Two. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those instances where I think people actually. Would might say that the sequel, like the second one, is better than the original, just because I feel like it has more action. They have more money to do lots of, you know, the liquid guy. That was co- it was cool. You yeah, know? I mean, they spent ninety four million was the budget for this movie. It made five hundred twenty million, but I think the original only cost ten or fifteen million. It was like a pretty, you know, low budget ish movie for the you know the eighties. But yeah, I, I, I feel like this movie and then. The only other movie from the 80s from Arnold that I think of like as ones I remember as being was Predator, but it's not nowhere near like the same kind of action as this. This is like, I don't know. The Predator fucked me up as a kid. I Every little noise that was like in my room, I was like, oh, no, it's the Predator making the clicky sounds. That really fucked me up. Yeah, that's a, a much different I movie. watched it too young and I have trauma from it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I watched that one that young, but. Terminator 2, again, I think you might be right. I feel like that was the first action movie I can remember. I think this came out before 
I also saw Cliffhanger in the theater, which is like also vastly inappropriate for like a nine-year-old kid. But I remember that being pretty violent and like lots of cursing. And I don't know which one came out first. I think this one came out. Oh, this Cliffhanger was 93. So I was 11 when that came out, whereas I was nine for Terminator. So like 93, I was in third grade. So like, I remember, I remember I was young, you know, I was like in first grade when Terminator 2 came out. You shouldn't, kids shouldn't be, like little kids shouldn't be seeing that either of those movies in the theater when when did predator come out because it did it really like, i think <laughs> left 87 me. i think yeah well it, to come out on vhs it must have been 1990 i would have been like in kindergarten watching that movie yeah he had like arnold had the quite the run he had predator then running man then red heat twins total recall kindergarten cop terminator 2 i mean that's like a run of like pretty big blockbuster movies back to back to back to back in like a five-year period i don't think there's an actor like today that would have any kind of like like that kind of like maybe jason momoa but like not even close to like the fame and like that many blockbusters in a row like that tom cruise but tom cruise i would have been like late 90s doing that like i'm i'm thinking like today true yeah now I can't think of any. No, not really. They also don't like make all the action movies now are like are Marvel and like superhero movies. They don't really make action movies really anymore. We're just watching the same formula of Marvel over and over. And when I say we, I mean anyone else besides me. I'm not watching. (laughs) Oh, I did hear the new that new DC one. Wait, wait, were you telling me, Grant? Uh, Someone was just telling me that the Blue Beetle was. You were telling me, yeah, that the Blue Beetle is really good. Yay, the Blue Beetle. But that's not Marvel. It was really it's good. It's the same thing to me. And I know that people are going to get upset about that, and I don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah. It is the same thing to me. They're like, Libby, we can't listen to you on podcasts anymore because you made fun of and compared Marvel to but DC. But the 9-11 <laughs> jokes were fine. Yeah. You might need another one to redeem yourself. for the Another 9-11 joke? Ready. I have one. You want one? Yeah. If you take yeah, nap- that, that would be a good way to close right, us right. out of here, I guess. If you take a nap on 9-11, you're just imitating God. <laughs> <laughs> man yeah. I have extensive I, oh, files <laughs> were there any like you mentioned Grant like the couple theories was there any other ones you said you had a few were there any other like ones that you had heard I mean I think we talked about a lot of them uh, climate change uh, and class struggle um, uh, the slavery uh, I think we talked about really most of them. I wish I, I, I like, I want to think that that's like the actual message that, you know, that, that's what we're here for to like, to tell everyone what we think the message could have been. Cause so many times directors aren't putting in these cool anti-capitalist, you know, plots. And, and we, and we can't, we really yeah. do need to uh, I, circle I, around again to tip our hats to the way that they handled a female role, it passes the Bechdel test. Certainly does. Do they? Does, does Sarah she's Connor a, talk to another I mean, female? She does. She beats uh, the shit out of one as she's trying to get out of her mental institution. The other doctor. Yeah, yeah. But they are talking about well, a man. So and, I guess but I there's no romantic, like it's not a romantic interest. It's not it's not centered even if it, around a man. I mean, it's centered around her son. You know, like it's, even if it's not officially the Bechtel test, I'd say it passes like the strong woman. Yeah, in a movie yeah. that's and, like and uncommon. Maybe not the Bechtel test, like as far as like t- 
talking about a man or having it like male centered, but it, it passes in terms of like handling the equality of women and having women have respect in a movie and not be like the damsel in distress and not, you know, like ha- like having such strength and um and not having it be about a romance like a love triangle at all. Yeah, there is no I mean, I guess there's there are- no at the end that like oh that everything's they're gonna go off in the sunset like it's great i can't destroy the terminator because i'm in love with him like that would have been like some cringe shit yeah like- this this may not be like you know the uh you're not gonna there are other than like sarah connor's like beasting the uh like pull-ups in her you know uh cell yeah. like there isn't I, a lot of her, her fucking it's goals man she's like she must have been dehydrated in order to like half of that movie the way she's like like her arms like you can see her like putting the gun together and i'm like fuck you can see every fiber of those muscles that she like she really like and that's what they have like men in the action movies like they're like like going through that she went through that and i think that's really i mean maybe it's not rad that it's like totally like we're looking at their body and like analyzing their body but it's rad that there's the equality there as far as like men and women well she also when they go like the last thing i'll say about that is when she when they go to that uh, like to Mexico to get the weapons. She's like kind of like the one who's in charge, even though she hadn't been there. She's still like directing them to give her like the gun. The first like, oh, we don't really have any trucks or anything. And then she gets their truck and they get their weapons. And so it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, yeah. you know, for, yeah. for a liberal, for a liberal, yeah, you know, it. film I'm- like James Cameron, he did, uh, he did a pretty cool thing. In 91. Yeah. Yeah. Leftist Libby and uh, Grant. Thank you for uh, for talking about Terminator Two with uh, with me today. Thank you for having me. I know, and I and I guess I'll link to your social medias, but everyone can find you all over the internet with your uh, Grant Capone on Instagram, Mark Speard on TikTok. Yeah, we have extensive files on that. Uh, but yeah, you can listen. You can listen wherever uh, podcasts are available, and we'll catch you next time.